My name is Kenny Dial and I want to welcome you to the scuba diving channel. This channel is for anybody that is aquatically inclined or just aquatically curious. My next guest, Chad Barbet, crushed the industry uh, as far as business success goes. He's been doing it a long time as a manufacturer rep. He's also been a rep for the training agencies. He has been into hundreds of dive shops and has built relationships with hundreds of independent instructors and facilities and has just made a name for himself as far as how to build a successful retail facility. There is a recipe for it because he told me what it is and so far it has worked every time. He firmly believes every dive shop can be wildly successful. So here it is. The man, the myth, the legend, Chad Barbet. Thanks for coming on. You're welcome. Yeah, I'm excited. Let's go. Tell us real quick what you did and how that led to where you are now. Certified in 1980, came and fell in love with it. Uh, moved to Florida in 86 from Louisiana and went to work here in the Orlando area teaching diving. 89, I got a resume call from NAWI. I answered it and uh, a year later I was employed by NAWI as their first rep. For those of us who have no idea what that means, mm -hmm. what, what does a rep do? Well, there's a training agency rep and there's a manufacturer's rep. Representative for a training agency is basically going out there, representing stores, showing them how to teach classes, creating instructors, showing them how to create instructors, leadership, instructor trainers, course directors, and grow their training side of their business, and then be there for customer service and support of all the situations they may find themselves in from a training standpoint, teaching people how to dive. What was the most precarious situation a shop or a trainer was ever in that had to call you about? When I was with Naui for 24 years, I mean, the phone rang all the time. And I have friends that are in the training rep business also with other training agencies today and their phone rings all the time because you have instructors that are calling, you know, what about this? Can I do this? You know, this guy did this. What are you going to do about it? I mean, just, it was just, it was always something. I mean, I guess the worst situations that I would have to deal with is when an instructor would call who became a friend of mine and say, I just had a diving death. You know, so someone passed away on the dive, whether it was a heart attack or whether they drowned or whatever the situation was. So there are several accidents that took place in my career where they called me and said, hey, we had an accident. Uh, what do we do now? Those are not fun calls, but, you know, you, you're there to help them and support them and, and work their way through it and figure out a way to the end for them. So. What was a pretty run-of-the-mill question that, that you had to deal with that people, people would call you I mean, a lot of it was standards questions, you know, clarify the standards, you know, can this person go to 60 feet? This person's diabetic. Can I teach him how to dive? This person has asthma. Can I teach him how to dive? A lot of calls were on the medical side because, you know, medical was still in its infancy stage. Then the rest of it was just training standards. You know, how, how can I teach a master class? How can I get my instructors to do concurrent training where we're combining students from two types of classes into one open water dive? So it was more situational stuff, you know, actually in the field, you know, how can I be a better teacher in the classroom? You know, how can I utilize what became eventually from slides to PowerPoint? Then it was actually evaluating people to be instructors and teaching them how to be better speakers and better presenters and, and present themselves. What is the big difference, or is there a difference, between repping for an agency, repping for an equipment manufacturer? As a true agency rep, you are there to help them and show them how to become better trainers, 
to become better teachers and to show them how to market and improve their certification numbers, which will lead to continuing education numbers, which will eventually lead to more leadership numbers and, and not only grow their business, but ultimately grow the association or the training agency also. So, it's a, it creates a win-win scenario for everybody. On the manufacturing side, our goal was just to walk in there with a new product, show them the new product, explain it, feature benefit it, you know, see where it could be placed inside the store. In some way, it's still that way today. There's a lot of reps that still do that. But with the onset of the internet and all the technology that we have today, I think the day of the rep is, is, is transitioning. So do you really need someone to walk in and say, here's a new snorkel and here's the features and benefits? From manufacturing, I can send the dealer a snorkel, get on a Zoom call and explain the features and benefits over the phone, pretty simple, and then they can place an order. From my mind, I think it was important to morph from the true product rep into a business partner of the store. In other words, not only say, hey, here's the products, here's the featured benefits, here's how you sell them, but let me show you how to position them in the store. Let me show you how to readjust the merchandising of the store so you can get the greatest benefit of selling these products and making the most money first. So that's where it's morphed into, and that's where that's where I'm that's what I'm doing right now. What I want you to look focus on is the new diver, the brand new person that walks in that store that's starry-eyed, that's excited, because they have to buy a mask, then snorkel booties, a bag, maybe a wetsuit. That's our new customer. That's who we have control over. Let's focus there. But it's funny to watch these dive stores, how they only focus on the guy that's already certified and he's bought half his gear and they're worried about him. Service him. Focus on your cultivating the people that are walking through your door wanting to get into this sport and worry about them. That's where the main focus needs to be. Why is that? That's where, from a business standpoint, that's where the biggest dollar investment's going to come from. Of all those elements that go into you know, having a great retail foundation and, and making sales, mm -hmm. where do you see the ball getting dropped on that chain the most often? One word. Wow. In today's retail environment, with Amazon and the Internet and all this out there, when they walk in that first 10 seconds, what we call the decompression zone, if they don't go, wow, your chances drop by 50% on closing a sale. But if they walk in that door and they just go, wow, holy moly, look at this store. This is cool. They're, they're like a kid in a candy store now, right? Now, once you decide what they're there for and even what they're not there for, then the whole opportunity of retail sales and con ed classes and travel and all the stuff that we sell with inside the dive store is on the table. Because you know what? If there's no wow, there's Amazon. If I order it in the morning, it'll be here this afternoon. Why do people want the retail store and not just go to Amazon in the simplest terms? Because at the end of the day, consumers want to shop. It's a newfound sport. They're excited. They want to hear the stories. They want to share their excitement in stories. They can only do that inside the retail store. Customer service is a must. Exactly. you got to make everyone feel good there. Yep. How do you handle that? So customer service is important and you have to manage your time and people's time and there has to be an expectation that yeah this is a business and I have things to do so I can't sit here and talk to you for two or three hours. Most retail stores open at 10, 11 o'clock on here on the East Coast, right? Business starts at 7, 8 o'clock in the morning and that's what I see in the dive industry. Most businesses, most store owners don't start early in the morning where they go to the store, they can work at home and get all their ordering done, get all their stuff done, you know everything's online now so they can all get done 
And so when they get to the store, they can open the store, they can do a rough cleaning of it to make sure it's all restocked and organized. If there's no customers, you can, then you can do stuff. But when a customer comes in, you don't have this pile of stuff that's caving down on you to get done. So it's a time management issue. And that's one problem I see in a lot of dive stores because I got to fill the tank. I got to service this regulator. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do that. No, you don't. That'll all get done later. You got to work on this. You got to work, work with this customer because that's where your money's coming from. How do you combat that or how do you train people out of that? In a retail dive store, there's four profit centers. There's retail, there's travel, there's training, and there's service. But you know how much time gets spent on learning to be a better retailer? Learning the product, learning sales strategies, learning sales techniques, learning explanation techniques. There's very little, if any, time spent there. And that's where their largest dollar money maker is. So they focus on the minors and they forget the major. This is important first. So when that customer comes in and they're excited and they're looking to buy a snorkel, a pair of fins, a BC, a reg, whatever they're looking to buy, 100% attention, my knowledge is here, so depending on what that customer is inquiring about, I have a sales process in my brain that I know what to say, do, to lead that person to a sale, and maybe even more sales. Depending on how the store is positioned, merchandise, and how professional they do that job, a lot of customers will spend a lot more money. How would you define a successful dive shop? To me, a successful dive shop, I mean, I look at it from the manufacturer's rep side. So based upon the sales volume of products they buy from me on a wholesale level, because that's what determines my income. But besides that point, the successful dive shop goes back to what I said. Do they have the wow factor when the consumer walks in? If they do or they don't, then is the store living up to the expectation of what the store owner expects it to achieve? You know, I always wonder when I ask these people, you know, what their store's doing, because I, I know how to equate that back to what they're probably bringing home. I said, have you ever made $100,000 in your life? And they said, no, their eyes got real big. I said, if you were to make $100,000, what would you do with that money? You know, so we go down the goals thing. Six figures plus in a dive store should be easy for all these stores, because the, the business is there to be had. If we do the store together, and you let me install the process, and you follow the process to the T, in a couple years, you could be there. It ain't gonna happen overnight. You know, money is not everything, but it sure makes everything a lot easier, right? And it's sad to see these store owners invest their life savings and they work their butts off to the time where they just slap burnout because it is hard work. It's simple, but it's hard work, right? Absolutely. You're just repeating the same stuff over and over and over again. And then to watch them lose it all because they're so stuck in the rut of, I've got to fill tanks, I've got to teach class, I've got to service regulators, oh, and I forgot to sell gear. And it's all there for them to be had. All they have to do is install a process and follow the process. Why do you think that so many do not? There's a trust issue. So, you know, you're, you know here comes a sales rep that's smooth talking, and uh, he's making all these promises, and they're going, you know, this guy's pretty slick. Okay, so maybe it comes all smooth. Maybe it's perfect because I've only been doing this for 32 years, right? If I don't help them to grow their business and become successful to whatever they define success as, I don't make money, the manufacturer doesn't make money, the travel agencies don't make money. The retail store, that person, that store, that fixture is the front line. They're in the battle. Everybody else are just colonels and lieutenants and generals supporting the front line. They're the ones on the front line. They're the ones that have to make it. They have to bust through. They have to break through. They have to do it all for everything else to be supported. If they don't, then it creates a vacuum in that area. And we lose a point of entry 
into the industry because for every dive store that's out there, that's a point of entry into our sport. The scuba store is your product, you're in retail. Retail is your business. You have to master retail first and then you just add the product, right? Yes, you have to go home. Yes, you have to have your quiet time. You have to have all that stuff to balance your life out, but you have to like people. When that person walks in that door, you have to say, what am I gonna say? What am I gonna do? What I'm gonna offer that's gonna change their life today? Because as you know and I know, scuba diving changes everybody's life. What they should stop doing is allow their instructors or their dive masters to run the retail side of the store. A lot of instructors or leaders out there in this industry have preconceived notions of gear and techniques. I've seen them on the sales floor say, oh, you don't need to spend this money here. Save it over here and buy something less expensive. Or that product doesn't work. I don't like that, so don't buy that. It's not your job. Your job is to say, everything in this store is great. Here's the features and benefits of all this stuff. Now what do you, what you want to buy? It's up to you. It's your wallet. They've got to be trained to a process to where everything in this store is great. Everything is nice. You decide how you want to spend your money on this product in this store. You got to be the genius guy in the Apple store. You know, other times they may just say, I like blue. I want everything blue. Okay, your sale is done. It goes to both ends of the spectrum. So that's the biggest pet peeve in the industry is the lack of retail experience. Now, is right. there one like specific technique in, in a dive store that someone could start doing today that, you, that most of them probably aren't? Clean their store, re-merchandise it. A lot of stores are, there is no wow. You walk in, they're just cluttered. There's just stuff everywhere hanging. There's no rhyme or reason to why it's there. There's no categorization. There's no processes. There's no flow. They just throw stuff up on the wall because they, it's not their fault they don't know. But it is their fault because they haven't gone out and consulted and tried to figure out how to do it or ask other people. I hope you've loved this conversation with Chad, training agency and equipment manufacturer rep, and the brains behind divestoremakeover.com. To hear the full-length, uncensored interview, visit sweetwaterscuba.com. One of the biggest ways you can support this show is to leave a rating in Apple Podcasts. Not a review, because let's be honest, it takes too long to think of something to type. But just go to the show in Apple Podcasts and tap the number of stars you think the show deserves. It'll take you less than seven seconds, and I promise it helps us a ton. To watch these conversations on video, head over to YouTube and subscribe to the Scuba Diving channel. And finally, make sure to follow our companion series, Down to 60, where we share action-packed, really fun, one-minute videos that break down dive sites and dive skills. Just search Down to 60 on YouTube, Instagram, or wherever the heck you're hanging out on the internet. Oh,